When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Welcome into the podcast. I'm Luke Stuckmark. Cody and Ryan are both here, and they are still the first place Chicago Cubs after one series and the last place Milwaukee Brewers, I believe, correct? Can yeah. we double-check that fact? Yeah, fact. No, no, Sources fact. say. Sources um, say. Sources tell me. First place, last place. It's funny. Everyone in the press box got a kick out of after Saturday. I said uh, the Cubs ha- the Cubs are undefeated in the CHGO that's, that's era. That's true. The press box got a kick out of that one. But, no, yeah, I mean, two and one. That's We talked about it, like, what would be a good series. Um, obviously, when, when we talked about it a couple weeks ago, it was a, it was a four-game series. Right. It ended up being three, and we talked, you know, splitting the series would be very impressive. So, taking two out of three, especially against Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta and touching them. It's not like they got through that and then like touched up the bullpen. No, they touched up three really good starters. 13 so. runs. Yeah. So that was a very impressive, um, just an impressive series. And we'll talk, we'll get a little more into what was so impressive about it. But um, no, I mean, obviously two and one to start the year. Tied with the Cardinals, I think, for the division lead right now. I mean, that's. We're already paying attention to the standings, baby. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. I, but I think that's. Would have been nice to sweep. It w- had yeah. the opportunity, had the that's, had you know, but had you have to feel good about being the first two guys. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. just being, again, coming out of the series with two wins, regardless of, you know, who they were pitching or who they did it off of, coming out of that series with two wins is a big step in the right direction or, good, you know, getting off on the right foot uh, to start the year for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, being at two of the three games this week, weekend, um, I mean, it was it was refreshing it was like refreshing to watch how that offense operated. Um, you know, obviously, Seiya Suzuki mashing that home run yesterday, sitting the left field bleachers and seeing it live was awesome. But like, I remember when he hit it, and then I tweeted from my personal account it was just like, hidden in the legend of Seiya Suzuki <laughs> is the first two guys that got on after because it all happened with two outs in the inning already. I, I can't remember who the two guys before him that got on, but I know one of them was via the walk, and I think someone got hit by a pitch or something like that. Someone can correct me on that. But uh, what? Someone got hit by a pitch this last uh, series? That's oh. for later. Huh. Later was discussion. One Momentarily. Or like <laughs> yeah, a couple? yeah. Uh, I'll talk about that. But a, a loss, um, you know, it, when the Suzuki home run happened, it kind of mm-hmm. like – that was the entire series was the Cubs batters being super patient and just, you know, not swinging at bad pitches. And like, I know that's easier said than done, but 
they consistently did it over the weekend. It was fun to watch, man. It was absolutely fun to watch. And, like, the amount of times they had guys in scoring position and they didn't strike out like we'd seen in, in previous years, like, again, it was just super refreshing. So, for me, that's my biggest takeaway from the weekend is just, like, this offense, yeah, there's not – a lot of, there's no proven names in there at all, um, but their team approach at on offense at the plate seems mm-hmm. like consistent, different. and it's different, different too. Yeah. Your biggest takeaway from the weekend is the sunburn. <laughs> Let's be I honest. Didn't know. I didn't know. I, I, mean, I, keep, to I the, how many times <laughs> did I tell him SPF at spring training? Um, you can get you can. I think it's when the when it's cloudy, the sunburn is worse or something. Just like as that. bad. I've well, you just don't think it's going to be bad. Yeah. I've always been told. I don't really sunburn though. I really I, didn't I think tan. I'd sunburn in April. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's what happens um, when you sit in left field. For yeah, but you mentioned the offense days. too. Um, uh, Jordan Bastian tweeted earlier, at least right now. The Cubs have the third lowest swinging strike percentage in Major League Baseball out of the shoot first three games, um, and I think that you know that's just like different than what the Cubs you know the last few years is always like it was it felt like it was um, you know what's the what's the term just like all or nothing right it was a home run bust. Lawn, yeah home run launch angle or strikeout and that's mm-hmm. why when you you'd always talk about when you got guys in running runners in scoring position or runners on base, it just felt like everyone like strike out, strike out. No, yeah. you know, you don't score like that. You score off the home runs and that was it. The Cubs did that a little differently this series. Um, and that was more of like, it just, it, it's clearly a different makeup of a lineup and whether that continues, we'll right. definitely talk about, but that's, the mm-hmm. first three games of the series, you see it, and you're like, that's, Tristan, you know, that's an old-school Tr- lineup. Tristan Wells says in the comments that it was Villar and VR Rivas. And Rivas. VR. VR. Go. I'm going to get it right eventually. Uh, VR yeah, and VR, VR walked, Rivas singled, and then Suzuki homered. Okay. That right. was after also Rafael Ortega. I, he stole. He tried to steal base well, and then was thrown out. Well, I was going to say, it's, like, it's so funny that you know we a lot of us had our you know Ortega, justified or not, off the projected opening day roster. And then he leads off the first three games and walks to lead off the first three games yeah. against, again, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Pro. Like, that is – I mean, again, that's how you set the table. And yeah. we haven't had a lot of that, you know, consistently. And who knows if he can do it consistently, but just since Fowler, um, you know, consistently just putting good at-bats together, getting on base to start the game. You yeah, know, You haven't had that a lot in the last few years. You mentioned it, and I know that Corey and Brendan talked about it on their series recap podcast as well, that – you know, the contact and putting the ball in play, the idea is that hopefully instead of highs and lows, peaks and valleys, boom or bust, you get something a little bit more average down the middle and and hopefully you don't have those big dips in the offense. So, like, that's what they're – that's the idea. So, the first series worked out perfectly, and I think nobody – I mean, Ortega was a good example, but nobody highlighted that more than, say, a Suzuki. I mean, yes. the home run was great. What He had four walks, no, four hits, four walks. Three hits, four walks, and six RBI in the Something series. Like that, yeah. I mean, that's that's impressive. But for me, it was all summed up in, in all the P words. Poise, patience, mm-hmm. precision. He was all of those things. Power. Power, <laughs> a little bit of power, right? Yeah. Putting it in play, all of those things. He He sits at the plate, and he will strike out looking but he's not going to swing out of the zone. No. Not very often, and that was the great stat from MLB Random Stats today. 29 pitches he faced out of the zone in the first three games. He took 28 of those 29 pitches out of the zone. The one that he did chase was an <laughs> RBI single off of Woodruff. 
a 3.1% chase rate, and there's only three players under five in baseball after the first weekend. So that's the guy. That's why they zeroed in on him in free agency. You know, we we wanted to see what's he going to be like, and this doesn't mean he's going to stay like this forever because we all know that Major League Baseball is about adjustments. Yes. Oh, yeah. But that approach out of the gate will get him a hot start because that's what they're looking for, and he's he's not going to – the poise is what really impresses me so much the because po- there's so many reasons he could come in and be totally overwhelmed by Major League Baseball, by Wrigley Field in the sun on the weekend, by his first – even his first Major League home run could send him mm-hmm. over the edge and swinging big on the next time to play – he sticks with the same approach every time. Mm-hmm. Even the broken bat one was a great approach, no. yeah. right? Well, it was. I was gonna say, like on opening day, like his very, very first major league at bat against Corbin Burns, he walked. Yeah, like, yeah. Like that's yeah. that's poise. I mean, he didn't come up there swinging for the fences or anything like that. And your fa- first major league at bat, opening day at Wrigley Field against one of the best pitchers in the league. He knows it's a reigning NL Cy Young Award winner, and he walked like. Again, yeah, that that approach is yeah. it's fantastic. Well, and then when we did our roundtable last week, remember go go look at allcsgo.com if you haven't seen it, but it's kind of late now. But um, I said that we kind of talked about like early expectations for Seiya Suzuki, and I said, you know, he's not. I mean, he's he's hitting three seventy five out of the gate, which is great. But I'm like, as far as how the early season goes, making those adjustments when the pitchers start adjusting mm-hmm. to him, can he do that? I said. You, if his average or his on you know slugging percentage isn't too high, that's okay because as long he's been touted for being a very disciplined hitter and a very having a very solid plate approach, and that's not something that like gets adjusted. You know, like Corbin Burns is going to come back, and like what I'm trying to say is like that you don't lose that plate approach. You have that plate approach. If it's really good, it's going to be really good regardless of the adjustments pitchers make to you, right. and. You see that again. The two walks. He said. He said he was most proud of the two walks and, and on Thursday. But just the, you know, all the stats out there, the low chase rate, the you know whatever it is, you can tell that he has a very good plate approach out of the gate, and he's not getting overwhelmed by major league pitching. Yeah. Regardless of he said like the cutter, he'd never seen a cutter like that right. before from from Corbin Burns. But that plate approach is just it's there, and and that doesn't go away. You don't lose that unless you know you start tinkering with things and I don't from what I get from Seiya Suzuki that's like he knows his plate approach he's not swinging even if he has a few look uh, uh strikeout look or called strike threes which he did um yesterday I think he had one more on Saturday he's that's I think you you take that because he's not chasing he's not gonna swing he, he, you know he, he knows the edge of the zone and if he takes a couple of of borderline pitches for called strike three that's better than you know, he's trying to hit anything that's close to the zone and he's chasing out of the zone. So I think that plate approach has already translated and I don't see that like changing. He's also having fun, which is, is a crazy oh, yeah. combination. Doing you know, the, he's, uh, he's meticulous in that, yes. the bow going around. Yeah, for the him and uh, Willie great. Harris, yeah, man. Yeah, Willie that, Harris. that, my friends, is a vibe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Like, that Willie Harris. Get a picture of it, hang yeah. it in the office, hang it in the art institute. Yep, yep. That shit riles <laughs> me up. He did that with Willie Harris running third. He did that with VR and Rivas at home play. It's just, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely having fun. You see the pictures, him smiling, him loving it. And another thing that I was, that we didn't, I mean, outside of how well he did at the plate and right field, April at Wrigley Field, like, that's no joke. Like, that's hard. And he, I mean, obviously, Jason Hayward, gold yeah. glove right fielder, is there to kind of help him. 
but he's not. He made some some good plays. He had good reads, good jumps, and he you know, he didn't really make any mistakes out in right field, which is like he's already. It's a tough right yeah, field compared to other right fields yeah, in, in baseball. Yeah. You know, and the I love the bow, and I also love the video or the cameras catching him cleaning up the on deck circle after everyone had just a mess <laughs> on the on deck yeah. circle. He's, He's stacking the bottle of powder, you know. He's yeah. <laughs> putting the donut to the side. There was yeah. another one we noticed in the press box. I forgot who pointed it out, but he, like, he was going from the on. Or I don't remember if he was like maybe he had walked and then he was going to run to first base and he was going to run in front of the base and notice that the catcher had gotten up and was like doing whatever with the pitcher and so he like politely went around the, the catcher <laughs> and the umpire. I'm like, he he's again like Cubs fans already seem to love Say Suzuki yeah. and he just keeps doing things that make that make that you know. Make everyone just just love him, I guess. You know uh, who had the second best weekend besides Suzuki? You. You went to two games and got a little sun. I, you know, I had a great weekend, but I didn't have a good <laughs> as weekend as uh, as Ian Happ me? before. Yeah, say, Ian me. Happ was having a good. I, say, I had a good weekend. I put like six stories on allchgo.com. Go check them out. But yeah, Ian Happ nice did, plug, a, did have a good one. A good plug. Uh, but yeah, Ian, Ian Happ. Um, dude, I mean, before he got. Before he got hit, which again we will talk about, and I'm going to tell you why Keegan Thompson should be Chicago mayor. <laughs> but uh, Ian Happ was having a great series, um, and to me, we kind of saw on Sunday what that lineup was without him there. The Cubs struck out more on Sunday. Um, again, the Brewers bullpen was a lot better on Sunday, and Peralta, after giving up the Suzuki homer, he kind of settled in after that. But I, I, I think with Ian Happ, Ian Happ looked like how he was playing those last 45 games of the year in yeah. those first two games. And that's a good sign for the Cubs, not only for this year, but like for the future too. Because we said, I mean, I know, I don't know about you guys, but last year I was, I was on the fence of like, do we even tender this guy a contract? You know what I mean? I thought there was a chance they might not. Right. To be totally yeah, honest was, with you. I right. thought that was and, possible. And, uh, you know, Again, only been a couple games, two games, but I love the approach. He's clearly seeing the ball well up there. So, you know, I'm rooting for him, man. I want him to, you know, if he plays like he did those first two games, you know, starting tomorrow, I assume he'll be back in the lineup tomorrow, you know, that is a great sign for the Cubs in their future. I mean, things you want to see this season, we've talked about it for over a month now. When you looked at, okay, you want to see what Hap can really do. Uh, you want to see what you have in Suzuki. You want to see what you have in when Ethan Roberts gets his shot. You want to mm-hmm. see what you have in Justin Steele. You want to see Nico Horner step up. In the first series, you had all those things yeah. in a positive direction. You, In fact, you had four homegrown pitchers combining for a shutout. All drafted by Theo Epstein. I right? But I mean, like... Yeah. There weren't too many negatives in the first three games. I'm not saying the whole season's going that way. It's not going to be all cherries on top. Right. But it was a positive sign to see out of the gate that a lot of the things that you're looking for were pluses. Yeah. Three games in, and that's great news for the Cubs. Right. Yeah, I also, uh, the Ian Happ thing, that's funny. We were, uh, Tony Andracki tweeted something about Ian Happ, you know, his stats from the first uh, whatever. And I asked him, like, you know, what's he projected for the for the uh, season? Saturday, Tony. I saw Tony tweet. Yeah, that uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't remember if these have changed because I don't know if Hap had gotten another at bat or anything. But so on Saturday, he said Ian Hap is on pace for 405 hits and 324 RBIs in 2022. <laughs> Tony Andriaki, 
Mark I believe Esports a record. Network, but that yeah. would that would certainly put him in the NL MVP voting. I don't know, but that like Ian Happ had a great weekend mm-hmm. prior to the hit by pitch, which I guess you know, we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> we keep but, we keep like hinting it. Um, Let's just but, talk about it. But yeah, he he <laughs> he had a great weekend at the plate, and he feels good. He had a good spring too, so it just feels like if you know that again. You mentioned the the end of twenty twenty one. And he carried that in the spring, even, you know, after the, the elbow surgery and stuff, carried that in the spring. Mm-hmm. And then I was, he's gotten it through the first two games, his first two games of the season. So, again, you, you kind of just hope that that gets taken in. Because if, if we've talked about it, the Cubs could maybe make a run at one of those wild cards if a lot of things go right. And one of those things is Ian Happ playing up to what he can play to. Yeah. And so far, first two games, that's the Ian Happ that, you'll, that the Cubs will need throughout this season to have a chance at making that playoff. Yeah. Is, no. is Ferris saying Hendricks? Yeah, Ferris said it. Struggling H- again? Hendricks what? is struggling again, and I'm like, Hendricks pitched great on opening day. He was fantastic. No, yeah. Was, he, we talked about it a lot great. on the Friday show. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Bill says they should give the fifth starter as reward to Keegan <laughs> for what well, he you, did. We, we haven't talked about Stroman yet. He was pretty good yesterday. It wasn't his fault that the, the Cubs lost, that's nope. for sure. Nope. Uh, no, and he loved being at Wrigley, too. Yeah, apparently. no, he. Uh, I love the – you know, showed the the glove with the you know that line drive back to him or whatever. To actually, that yeah. was a that was a big play because it got him out of a little bit of a jam there. And uh, yeah, no, for I wasn't expecting too much in his first start. You know, with the whole you know with pitchers still getting ramped up, and so I was I was genuinely hoping for five strong innings. That's all I was hoping, and that's what I got. So yeah, I don't know about you guys. I don't know. I just know that the other story of the weekend was was the beanball, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and the benches clearing. I mean, there were a lot of storylines, but that one was uh, the most glaring for me outside of Suzuki. And I loved your tweet. Two. What did you say? Hit them all? Well, the first one <laughs> I just jokingly said, hit them all, because it was like the, the reaction by McCutcheon was an overreaction, even yeah. though he hadn't been on the team. My, my follow-up tweet was this. The Brewers are allegedly the best pitching staff in the National League. Right. They just happen to suck against Wilson Contreras. I find that impossible. <laughs> I'll let like, Cody take it. And then wh- like, <laughs> it's not like he's standing with two feet over the plate. No. You're throwing at Wilson Contreras. And it might yeah. not be all 15 times you're throwing at him. You're th- and if, you, if you're throwing inside, their argument's going to be like, he's, he's close to the plate. We like to pitch him inside. Okay, but if you can't pitch inside at some point, as another Major League Baseball player, you have to say, well, we, we seem to be hitting them a lot. Maybe we shouldn't go quite as inside if we don't have that control. Mm-hmm. It's a garbage move. You can't hit a guy 15 times and not expect him to be angry. Right. Mm-hmm. And do I think the Cubs retaliated? Yes. I mean, 100% they retaliated. And frankly, they should have done it before that. Yeah. And, and yeah. that leads, I'll get to, that that leads to, Yelich. to this is why Keegan Thompson should be Chicago mayor. Because he showed... That not only does he, but the Cubs have a, as I said online, a goddamn backbone. Like, when you get hit that many times, or just that storyline keeps getting brought up every time you play that team, I think Keegan Thompson was just like, I've had enough. Or maybe they discussed it in the in the dugout beforehand. I don't know. I genuinely don't really care. I just like the fact that the Cubs went out there and showed that they had some sort of, like, like I said, backbone. I, I'm trying to think of another word that goes with it. Well, but. you can't – listen, put it the other way. Let's say they don't respond at all. 
you're going to let the season's tone be set that way. Exactly. You're going yes. to you're going to let him hit him two more right. times and, and then you're going to drill he, half in the knee and was, you're going to be uh, like, "Oh, we're cool with it." He was he he could have he could care less when it, whenever they tossed him, he walked off the mound like blowing bubble gum. Like he he did <laughs> not care that he got tossed. I'm with you. Look, I I don't think anyone who actually is trying to justify that he didn't do that on purpose, like I don't know what you're drinking. I'll take some of that juice though. Uh but at the same time, like also, McCutcheon thinks they were trying to hurt him. Right. You got hit in the butt, man. Right, exactly. Like, uh, that's not what my, he said. My that's thing. That's not what he said. I thought he said. No, he said that in in the sense of, like, you're trying to make me think by not hitting me on the first pitch, you're trying to make me think that you're pitching to me, and then you go and hit me, could get me hurt. Like, he could I'll, get me hurt. Go ahead, let, let, Cody, let Cody. He wasn't the right guy let, to hit necessarily, let, let, let but Co- I'll tell you why they uh, hit let him. Let Cody finish. <laughs> I'll bring what I have brought. Again, then, like, my main point is that. That the Cubs, they, they, when you get hit three times in the game and you're the third guy who gets hit is arguably the best, the best player that you have. And he was down for significant minutes. We at that point didn't know what was going to happen to Ian Happ. I know I was in left field thinking, oh my gosh, like he was having such a great season. He might be out a while. And thankfully he's not. But in that moment, it's like, you got to go out there and show that, like, show a backbone, show whatever. And, again, I'm not someone who likes the unwritten rules of baseball. I don't like throwing at people on purpose. But in this instance, I don't think there's a bad side to be on if you agree or disagree with that. Like, it's more of just, like, just showing the other team that, hey, we're tired of this. And, again, I know you're going to have your stats and all of that stuff. To me, it's – I'll bring my objective. To me, it's, like – the people who are always, like the the Cubs players at least, that are always the ones getting hit are their, whether it's the core, the old core, or Wilson Contreras. And it just seems like the Brewers forget how to pitch whenever the Cubs' best players are at the plate. That Call me a homer. I, I don't care. That's I, just how it feels. So, again, I didn't do any research. I'm just sitting here ranting. That's that's <laughs> my that's my role here. That's true. Okay, go ahead. That's true. Uh, I was going to say, so where, where I'm coming from is, the Wilson Contreras debate is one thing, and I think both him and Ian Happ both said, we talked to them both, and both said, like, they don't think the Brewers are trying to hit anyone on the Cubs on purpose. Like, they're not going up there in the fourth inning or whatever. Fourth inning is when Wilson Contreras got hit, um, and it wasn't 9 nothing at that point. Um, they weren't going up there purposely putting, you know, hitting Wilson Contreras because, like, got to yeah. get him, you know. They, they both said that the scouting report is very likely to pitch them inside. And like you guys said, they're supposed to be the best, uh, uh, best pitching staff, one of the best in the majors, uh, and that's what Wilson's saying. He's like, I get it. You're throwing me inside. That's different. That's one thing. But if you are coming inside and don't can't command that, and you keep hitting me, then that's a separate issue. And I, right. that's that's where Wilson is 100%, like, percent right. Yeah, and where mm-hmm. Wilson's like, I don't think they were hitting me on purpose, but they're they're pitching me inside. That's probably part of the scouting report. Ian Happ said the same thing because he mentioned you know like Javi and KB, same thing. Uh, we're probably. Part of their scouting report was to pitch them in. I don't. I didn't do the numbers on them, but maybe they got hit more often, like you said, than uh, some of the other Cubs. The one thing I will say is, when it comes to the overall, like there was that number floating around, the Brewers have hit the Cubs 27 times since the beginning of 2020, and that's the most any team's hit any other team. The Cubs have hit them 26 times in the same time frame. They came into this season having both hit each other 23 times. And so just looking at the objective lens, like, sure, you can be mad that Wilson Contreras has gotten hit 15 times by the Brewers in his career, but when you're going to use that 27 stat 
and just completely ignore the fact that the Cubs have hit them one less time and the exact same amount of times coming into Thursday, that's where I'm like, but Ryan, again, if the objective 15 is, of the 26 are against Wilson Contreras, who happens to be the most emotional guy on the team, something stinks. Well, and that's why and I'm, I'm not saying it's no. not. I would no, agree that what, some of them I'm, are pitching inside. Yes, I also yes. believe some of them are drilling Wilson Contreras. But that's Contreras. also where I'm saying Maybe is not these last the Wilson two. Contreras 15 times is a separate issue. But if you're going to come up and say the Brewers hit us more times than anyone – you hit them just about as many times in the last two, 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 three, two plus seasons. But like, Christian Yelich hasn't been hit fifteen times. Also, Contreras got hit in the head last year. Anyway, yeah. and then the other the other point is um, so if Keegan Thompson again, the, or I guess you know we talk about Wilson Contreras being a separate issue than just the twenty seven time. Exactly. If Keegan Thompson is Ross Keegan Wilson said no, no one said that um, Keegan Thompson hit him on purpose. So as a reporter. I'm just saying what they said. McCutcheon believes it's separate as a different issue. Whatever you believe, if in fact Keegan Thompson did hit Andrew McCutcheon on purpose, he didn't hit him in retaliation for Wilson Contreras. Because Wilson Contreras got hit in the fourth inning. Andrew McCutcheon got hit in the eighth. He had two different opportunities in between that time to hit McCutcheon and didn't. So what happened when after if it's if it's in retaliation, it happened because Ian Half got hit, which okay. Yes. It's retaliation. Because but it was then the third that, guy that was hit. But then that comes into what you're retaliating for just the overall, they're hitting us 27 times. Okay, but you've hit them just as many times. That, that's where I'm like, no, I, no, I, I'm, I'm just I, looking at it objectively. It's like, if, if you're going to, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. Two teams. Let's no, just you, take two teams. Forget the two team names. One team has been hit three times in the first yeah. three games. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the guys that was hit twice is a guy that they've now hit 15 times in a season. I don't care what team B is, the team that's being hit, if they've been hit three times, they are 100% going to police no, the game the way no, I have, baseball is yeah, policed. No like, argument against that. Like I, it's again, just, Right? If yeah, the, if the Tom, roles were reversed, I would expect no. the Brewers to then go so and I've hit. I've done that, of course, whoever. 100%. But I'm, I'm just saying in the fact of, like, you see, and then it's Twitter, so Twitter is where, you know, this is the biggest cesspool in the world, but it's like you're going at, you're trying to like merge all these different arguments. Like, no, the Wilson Contreras 15-time argument is separate than the, it should be separate than the 27 times overall. My, it should be. It my, should be separate because if you're going to go just overall hitting, the Cubs do it too. But, Wilson, I mean, the Wilson Contreras, I agree. That's 15 times is a lot, and so if they're, it's a if lot. Their, if their scouting report is to go inside on Wilson Contreras, maybe they should rethink they that because they are hitting it. him a lot. Yes. They are. And if it's just solely based on they're just going him inside and losing control, well, then maybe you should work on, throw, on your your inside command. That's my, one thing. It's my just the entire over, thing, yeah. my, my two cents on what I said, has everything to do with the fact that in that game alone, the Cubs were hit three times. And by the time that um, yeah. Thompson threw at McCutcheon, they are – they had they there was what three to allegedly one? through it was three to one at that time <laughs> in terms of being allegedly. guys being hit. I just thought it was again in that game alone. When you take all the history out in that game alone, I thought it was an okay thing to do because again, when you then you add in the history, whatever. To me, it's just set like Luke said, setting the tone for the season, setting the yeah. tone for like you know. Obviously, this rivalry has increased over the last few years. I was in left field. No one was letting you dar or <laughs> letting Christian Yelich forget about what he said to you, Darvish, and how he sucks since then. Like it is what it is. To me, that 
that is what it is. I'm not, I'm not encouraging like, you know, throwing at people on purpose. You throw a baseball at someone's head like well, there was a game this week. It could be life or death. Right. Like there was there was a game this weekend. I think it was the Mets and the Nationals. There was a guy for the Nationals who threw at the Mets. Uh uh, was it Lindor and uh, Pete yeah. Alonso? Yeah, oh, they both. Like, and I and I mean I don't know anything about the pitcher for the Nationals, and I don't know if it was on purpose, and I hope it wasn't. But again, like that's a lot different than like what we saw at Wrigley. There's definitely a lot of a, a lot of it has to do with history and just the intensifying of how this rivalry has become. Um, and I'm here for it, man. Like <laughs> as much as I like laugh at the little brother syndrome that Milwaukee brings us i still don't like them so whatever no and, Bad, and, badlands has a good comment on here i think we just scrolled past it but it was like well yeah uh, the number's close because the cubs have to retaliate every year <laughs> no the only thing that, that the only thing that was missing from this for me after after mccutcheon came out was the Brewers pulling in Milwaukee Bucks and showing a Grayson Allen uh, Instagram post the next day? Oh, that's that, the only that would have got people riled. That, that would. I was thinking, man, if they post now, uh, if the Bucks post something, or if the Allen, Brewers like, do, yeah, if there's a Grayson <laughs> Allen post, or if the, if the Brewers go with like a, a shot of like you know Wilson getting yeah. hit or something, then all hell's gonna people break. People would have got pissed. In I mean, uh, instead today the Brewers posted that they have four dollar tickets. Four dollar tickets? <laughs> tickets for four. Oh Sounds like deal. Milwaukee. <laughs> it's a deal. Um, yeah, but no, I mean, again, going back to it, I agree that like Wilson Contreras is getting hit 15 times is a lot, and I think no one will argue that, especially over the last two since, years. Yeah, two, two, and then the next, like three, two games, whatever it is. Um, it's 10 times, I think, total since the beginning of 2020. It's 10. That is a lot. And again, we thought we said if if they're throwing purposely inside, not hitting him on purpose, but. The scouting report. They need to adjust their right. scouting report. Like that, I, why you need? Yeah, again, you need to work on that. <laughs> work I with your pitchers on commanding that inside. And again, fastball. my thing is, the, yeah. we're talking about what's supposed to be the best pitching staff in the National yeah. League. Yeah. And, if you can't throw inside without hitting the guy, yes. that, that, there's something. Again, there's guy. something that should be adjusted for that. Sure, for sure. But, I think. We, but then, but then, let me, but ahead. then, <laughs> when I when I say is like, and then I, I maybe that's just me looking at it as in the objective way. Is like, yeah, that's one argument, and that's one thing that we should be talking about. And again, again. The Brewers, if they're throwing inside and hitting Contreras, yeah, fix that because you're hitting him a lot. But the separate issue is the 27 versus 26, which is like both teams do it. And sure, maybe the Cubs have retaliated a couple times. I'm sure if you go back into it, the Brewers inflated their numbers a little bit, you know, retaliating against the Cubs. Like it's 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 just that those are two separate issues to me. And when you're trying to merge them together, it just kind of feels a little. Like a little bit of hypocritical, uh, hypocritical in there a little bit, but I don't, I don't know the right word. But it's just those are two separate issues. Being I mean, objective, I think, Ryan, I, I don't think they should be treated it. as such. <laughs> yeah. I will again. My 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 final two cents is I don't think that the Brewers were throwing at Cubs players on purpose. They just need to learn how to pitch better. And like, and until then, then I don't blame guys like Kegan Thompson for throwing at their guys because what else is going to get them to stop? It's not like the MLB is is, uh, you know, holding anything against anyone for doing it. So, whatever, man. Phil, with a good comment, if hit-by-pitch was a two-base penalty, would it stop? If it put Ooh. someone in scoring Well, the retaliation would, for sure. Yeah, that's for and sure. The, and, and, the, and the doing it just to get back at somebody a couple weeks later mm-hmm. would also stop. Yeah. Because you wouldn't even want to do it with two outs. Yeah. It's a great point. Put someone in scoring position? Like, if Major Maybe. League Baseball wants to Police put an end it. to it, do yeah. something like that. Yeah. 
Do I think Major League Baseball will though? I, I no, they like I the storylines. I don't, I don't, I don't know that Major League they, Baseball will look at the hit by pitch or something hey, that needs to be addressed. By the way, a lot of people knock Jason Hayward, and I know for a lot of reasons he's the first guy running in there, and that's the type of leadership they're looking for. I'm not saying to start a fight or any of those things. The fact that he came in to defend his guys all the way from center field on a sprint. My hat was off. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As much Tip as of the cap, and, he, and I, I guarantee you the teammates appreciate it. That's what yeah. on Corey and Brennan's show too. Corey's like, as much as I talk about Jason yeah. Hayward being in the lineup, blah blah blah, like him sprinting out. And that's you know like, how many people were like, far. "Yeah, Jay." Hey. Yeah, the people. All that, the people oh, that have been like, "Just get him out of here, DFA yeah. him. He's the worst." Man, in that moment, he was their favorite player on the Cubs. That's yeah. him. It's like Jay. Hey, you know, he ran from center field. Got in front, you know, was in front of that line. Wilson Contreras, yeah. you know, he again, he didn't react on that Saturday one, you know, the one few innings before McCutcheon. He didn't react to it. He just kind of, you could see he was kind of annoyed about it, but he just took his, you know, his elbow guard off and left. When McCutcheon got hit, Contreras was right there in front of him, you know, just making sure, like, you know, you're going to have to go through me to get to the yeah. mound if you want. But it's just like those two guys, again, we've talked about, like, how much the veterans on this Cubs team are going to have to, like, kind of carry, you know, into this new era and make that transition seamless. It's those two guys right there, and you could you could just see in the eighth that those two were the first ones, like at the front, in between the rest of their team and the Brewers. And it's yeah, it's it, and Jay Hay actually had a decent weekend at the plate too. So I mean, hmm. I mean, again, I I'm hoping he can get back to 2019, 2020 level as far as the bat. But yeah, yeah, you love to see that leadership. There was a few times out in the outfield with him and Suzuki. I know there was a. I think there was a ball that Suzuki lost in the sun, and Jay Hay was there to pick yeah, him yeah. up. You know, yeah. there. I've always said this about Jay Hay. He's you know a true professional, a veteran that anyone should want on their team. Like he brings all those intangibles, yeah. and uh, you know, just it sucks to talk about the contract. That's, yeah, that's if he was really making it. the veteran minimum. Everyone would love him. Yeah, talk yeah, about yeah exactly. Cubs Twitter would. Would love him. He would be Jason he would Hayward. be a legend. <laughs> We've got our uh, mailbag coming up from the members only Discord here in the next couple segments. We do want to quickly touch on some of the former Cubs getting off to good starts. I mean, Schwarber first at bat in Philly, right? Yeah. And then Rizzo's got two homers. I believe so. Yeah, the first for the Yankees, I want to say. And Javi yeah. beats the White Sox. Yeah. In in Javi fashion, where it's some sort of bizarre, you know, mm-hmm. it's always got to be some crazy. kind of crazy. It was. Yeah. I don't know it should have been Sox, caught, but I don't know it was if the still Sox crazy guys are still play. here. I don't think the Sox guys are still no, here. But gone. the Javi play, it was just chef's kiss. Because I don't know about you guys. I live on the internet. And for, for the last three, four years, I've had to listen to Sox Twitter talk about how Javi Baez is just a trash player. And he is just so easy to get out. All you do is throw slider away, slider away, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And it's like, they got a taste of that mess. Like, they they literally welcomed him to the central. They were like, oh, we're going to own this guy. <laughs> and I'm like, I understand that Javi Baez has a lot of flaws. Believe me. In a way, I'm kind of glad he's not on the Cubs just because I just don't know if he's going to age well and all that all that nonsense. But as far as like just kind of like them getting a taste of, of that, like of that humbleness, like it was just kind of nice. Like I'm not, I'm not sitting on here, and I'm not a, a giant hater of the White Sox or anything. But it was just kind of nice to see on them. Here at least, yeah. <laughs> I, it's just kind of nice to see them get a little taste of like, you know, humble pie. Like it was well, again. That's all I got. Maybe Hendricks should have taken Herb's advice and thrown him the outside slider because that sure. was what that was like a meatball. <laughs> yeah. I think throw him a meatball yeah. at Javi. Yeah, that Javi ended up walking. Yeah, it off that's him. true. That's, maybe that's he should have taken true. Herb's advice. But. That's very. I true. wonder what the points bet 
odds are right now on Contreras getting hit in the next Brewer series? Uh, I wouldn't have it at plus money, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but speaking of points bet, I, I had uh, – what did I have on Saturday that hit? I think it was – oh, Nico Horner to get a hit, minus oh, 125. Didn't put the home run prop on him, though? I did not. Uh, not on opening day. That was day. the big money one. Uh, but, was, yeah, that was my was one winner from yesterday's game. Um, and I did it on PointsBet. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have an, a, a new exclusive feature, live NBA same game parlay. The NBA playoffs are coming up, so it's gonna gonna be fun to get into. The first time ever, build the perfect live same game parlay only with points bet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can even boost your live same game. Pa- same <laughs> you can even boost your live same game parlays. There you go. It's a sunburn. Yeah, Don't worry yeah, about it. It's my yeah, face. Yeah, affected his affected his head. Uh, <laughs> and now online signup is available in Illinois. You can actually download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish. I say it every show. If Luke can do it, all of you can do it. So get on that. Signing up with the fastest sportsbook is now easier than ever. You can start living your bet life in seconds. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Yeah, the problem call 1-800-522-4700. CHGO, we got you covered Shashi. for the podcast, the live shows, every team, every day, post-game shows. Uh, we'll have pre-game before the game tomorrow. Uh, and also before the game on Thursday, we'll have pregame shows, postgame shows after every one of them. Premium written content from the members, all chgo.com. How many did you put out this weekend? At least six, maybe seven. Ryan, at least six. Yeah. Ryan's grinding, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why he's so swole today. He's yeah. been typing Rocking like the this new all week. CHGO shirt, just oh, yeah. showing off the arms. Uh, yeah, speating CHGO, of dope merch, it's starting to come in. Right he Somehow Ryan got the dope merch. Mine's not here yet. Thanks, Mom. Uh, <laughs> free shirt when you become a member in the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge, which brings us to our second segment, our first-ever mailbag from the Discord Members Lounge, right? Yeah. yeah. These Thanks are the people wearing the, the velvet robes. Who, uh, yeah. yeah you Everybody's want, sitting yeah. in their smoking robes, the velour robe. CHGO logo on it. We're going to get you someday. And typing in some questions. There you go. Typing in some questions. We got some. So we opened it up to the mailbag today. One hand doing the questions, one hand smoking the cigar. Like. That's right. Or pipe. A lot of these yeah, people smoke too. a pipe for sure. <laughs> and and I mean like a tobacco pipe, like the long hook kind. I believe I it. Like like uh, Inspector Clouseau. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean now. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm All with right. you. What do we got? Do you what understand where yeah. I was coming from? I'm yeah. oh, just making sure. Uh, all right, more to score wants to know who is one under the radar player you believe has the potential to see this rebuild through and not get shipped off or let go. We touched on it a little bit right before the season started. I think it was we talked about we went through almost every guy in the roster. I think there's a lot of guys that are on that list yeah. that they're the question marks, the X factors on this team. That's why I say, like, you can't rule out this team as a wild card or a playoff team because we just don't know 
what you're going to get out of some of these guys, yeah. you know? And, 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 and I think we limit this to active roster, too. Active, Any of these guys oh, that are on, sure. the, on the active roster. Active roster. And it has I think to be under the radar. Everyone yeah. knows about the prospect. But I think yeah, you're yeah. also looking at guys under 30, most likely, mm, you know? Because yeah. I think the older you get, the less likely you are to be part of that next group, unless you are just exceptional mm-hmm. at a great discounted yeah. rate. Because if you're having a good season and you're not at that discounted rate and you're older, then you are most more likely to be a guy that's traded for, to a team that's looking for an extra bat or an extra arm or something mm-hmm. at, the, yeah. at the deadline. Um, we'll I, I can Cody. go first. Hey, go um, he got a couple, He didn't have a big weekend or anything, but I am interested to see. I do like how Rossi used him uh, in the second and third game, but Michael Hermosillo uh, is 26 or 27. He's pro and he didn't just play center. He played corner outfield too. He played a little uh, left field, pinch um, hit, um, and pinch hit against lefties on Saturday. Yeah, and he's going to pinch hit for, against lefties. Well, that and then uh, on Sunday, um, Ortega started the game, and then uh, Hermosillo uh, pinch hit for yeah. him once they took Peralta out and brought mm-hmm. a lefty in, and then Hermosillo stayed in the rest of the yeah. game. So Hermosillo is going to see a lot of lefties, and then. I could see a lot of like what we saw today, but he'll he'll earn some starts too, especially if he hits. And I felt like he's had good at bats in the few that we saw this weekend. As the season goes along, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays. But he is younger. He is someone who I think has something to. If the next great Cubs team, maybe he's a a guy off the bench. Maybe who knows? Maybe he's a late bloomer. I don't know. But I do kind of like the type of player that he is. He's athletic. He he's clearly shows that he can hit. Like I've talked about before, he mashed in AAA mm-hmm. last year. Should have been called up earlier, got hurt, but was able to come back and and played until he got hurt again. So if he can stay healthy and you know contribute in the role that he's in, I could see him on this team for you know the next you know couple years. You know, earn himself a, another deal with the Cubs. So that's who I like. Yeah, as far I, as like an under the radar player that I feel like no one's really talking about. Yeah, I mean if I. I like that. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go Alfonso Rivas. Yeah. I think yeah. a lefty bat, which the Cubs, again, we've talked about it, just why he should even be on this year's team. Mm-hmm. A lefty bat, the Cubs don't have a bunch of them. Um, can play both corner outfield positions, can play first base, has a solid bat, is a solid defender. Um, do I think he's going to break out and become the starting first baseman of the future? Probably not. But I think if you had, like, again, we've talked how Ross, David Ross loves versatility in defense. Like, pe- players that can play multiple positions. That's what the, this team has a lot of. Um, and I think having a guy, again, a guy that can play first base, which they don't have a ton of, and a guy that can play both corner outfields in a pinch, I think that's a guy that can uh, be a solid, you know, bench piece or a solid depth piece, you know, going through the, the next couple of years until that next great, uh, great Cubs team comes. Like, yeah. I would say, I and this is something I said before the season started, Clint Frazier, because his ceiling is so high, you know, I think he meant out of the guys that will have question marks, he may have the highest ceiling uh, for potential just because of his pedigree. But the guy, the name that I would say out of this, Ian Happ, is he under the radar? Of course, of course he's under the radar. Nobody went into the season talking about Ian Happ, Ian Happ is part of the future. We just mentioned that we thought he might get DFA'd by the team at one point. Ian Happ is under the radar. Now, we started to talk about him more before the season started in our season preview and stuff, but I think a lot of fans around the country have 
written off Ian Happ. And I think that chip may be on his shoulder. He's still a first-round guy who has put it together for half a season and then not the next half, or vice versa. Um, or an injury has has bothered him, or he's changed positions. A lot of things have gone on with him, but we've seen bursts of what Ian Happ can be like as a major league player. And if he does put it together, if he plays like he's played in the first, you know, two games, or even somewhere close to that, Ian Happ's going to be on this. He's young enough. He's going to be on this roster when the when the team gets good. We have no idea until he puts together an entire season. It's going to be tough to judge that. But do I think Ian Happ is considered under the radar at this point? Yes. I don't think he was under the radar when he came up to the majors. Right. He was He no. was on the radar. That's when 2017. But he's mm-hmm. had enough struggles and inconsistency that he's kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. And everybody's already talking about the next outfield guys that are coming in. And when Brendan Davis comes in, and I'm as guilty as anyone. I've already been talking about Frazier's, the guy in left field. Don't forget about Ian Happ. Yeah. No. Yeah, and then you're 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 right. Whenever you're talking about going into this season, I mean, that's true. Well, uh, let's let's all you know everyone going into the series. I don't think anyone genuinely really thought the Cubs would win a game in this series. Like, <laughs> like I I'm just yeah, being real. Fair. Like the only person who thought the Cubs would win a game in the series was me. Like I and that's Every, we we all huh. said like wow if you got a split. Right, right, and Good. that was before the the right. before you the, know, the the game got postponed. But then, like, to not only win one but two of those three games, like, again, I know it's early, and I'm not. I this is perfect overreaction, whatever. Come back at me in July or whatever, and I, if I look like a moron, that's fine. I don't care. But yeah, I mean, Ian Happ. If if the Cubs manage to find a way to get in that last wild card spot or even just have a 500 season like like Luke predicted, Ian Happ will be a big part of that because we saw yesterday what that lineup looked like without him. So, yeah, um, yeah. and he, he is kind of coming in under the radar. No one was really talking yeah, about he was him. Sent, yeah. He was sent down to AAA at one point. Yeah, yeah. When you said Ian Happ, I didn't, like, I was like, under the radar? But as your explanation, sure. And I think that's a good pick for that question. What but, about a uh, – I don't – you know, just real quick, like, is there a minor league player out there that you guys that no one's really talking? About? I know everyone's or talking about Brandon Davis. Like, is there a reliever or somebody? I mm-hmm. don't think relievers are as likely to be part of that mix if you're in the question mark group, right? Like, those are the guys that a lot of times have great value at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. You're not doing well, and you've kind of rebuilt a guy. You're Taperas. You're or instead of Chavez, going, instead of going down to like the minors, what Ethan Roberts could fit that. He has some good stuff. That slider is pretty good. I feel like the um, I feel like the casual fan would have him as an as an under the radar another, guy. Yeah, but yeah, I feel true. like guys like us who have been have heard about him have been talking about him. Yeah, but we're also you know, media. F Ross, I, any of the younger guys, <laughs> I just don't few. consider as much under the radar. They're just sort of unknown a little bit. Yeah, which I think and I it's a sl- to me it's a yeah it is. In my mind, it's just a slightly different. Okay. But well, I, yeah. a, a young guy could always be under the yeah, radar for I mean, sure. If it's not Brendan Davis, they're under the radar. Yeah, right. you don't want again. We don't want to overreact too much to Ethan Roberts. He had, you know, the, the one clean inning. ninth inning. I think he hit Christian Yelich, and that was about it. Yeah, um, on the foot. Yeah, he had the one inning. That was his major league debut. So he's gonna have a long road to prove that he's gonna be, go through that rebuild. But I think the obviously the coaches were excited excited enough by him to put him on the opening day roster. Um, he hasn't probably done anything to like make them second guess that mm-hmm. um and his stuff looked good uh 
outside of it was the a by pitch. Perfect spot for him to uh, come into yeah, for definitely. his major league oh. debut. It was nine to nothing. Yeah. In the nine nothing. Inning. They were just a Royal Rumble on the field. Yeah, perfect yeah. spot to put him in. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, I think I think if you know if the stuff plays um, like it can, and he you know the the faith that the coaching staff has put in him, he, he lives up to that. Mm-hmm. He's a guy. He's young enough that he can see through that rebuild the next two, three, four years, 108 years, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. USMO506 says, will we see a move that boosts the bullpen sooner rather than later? And Dead Gecko as well. Dead Gecko asks, after three games, can we say the bullpen <laughs> needs to be addressed immediately? No. I love... I say no I to love, both of those. I no. love I love the overreaction to the bullpen because no. we, it is literally like clockwork with the Cubs when it comes to the bullpen the last couple of years. Really, oh, yeah. only Chavez sort of struggled. Yeah. Chavez struggled. I mean, Norris gave up that home run, the game yeah. winner home run. But, I mean, he... I mean. I don't think we need to overreact to the bullpen yet because, I mean, again, we've talked about how they don't have a Craig Kimbrell, so they don't have a ninth inning guy. And then it's a lot easier when you do have a traditional closer because then yeah. you can work. Garasa said it himself. You can work back from that ninth inning and figure out how you're going to put. They don't have that, so they might give Rowan Wicket. You saw David Robertson got the save chance on uh, Thursday, I think Thursday. it was. Yep. And he, right before him was Michael Givens, who could has closer experience. He could get chances in the ninth. I still think he'll lead the league in, or lead the team in saves. Rowan Wick. Not the league. Again, we've <laughs> talked about him as a potential closing option. Manny Rodriguez, when he comes up, yeah. he could be a if guy. He's a back-end I, guy, but there's but – there's, no need to overreact. It's like, especially going out and trying to make a trade, or that's yeah. it, just it's Ross is still f- feeling Figuring, out the yes, bullpen, exactly. And there's that's just so there's no need. There's there's no way they're gonna look at it like three days in. We gotta go. We gotta go see who's <laughs> in the free agent market. No, they got who they got. Ross is gonna feel it out, and then you know give them right. give them some if time. If there's to anyone it out. in the bullpen that I guess I could say that I'm a little like worried is Rowan Wick because his velo was down in his first appearance. That's true. And I don't know why, <laughs> but he's not hurt, though, so that's a positive. Yeah. I'm just hoping that because it maybe it was cold, like the Hard weather the and stuff like that, yeah. like maybe I mean, that's it. So it's going to be interesting to see what his next appearance goes, how it goes, and how, what that velo sits at. But, yeah, I mean, he was hitting like 93, 94, and he, he definitely is a 97, 98 guy. So – I'm not sure what was going on with that, but yeah, I mean, and and I know Ethan Roberts won't be the only guy who was in AAA last year that we'll see you this year. Like I said it, I think I said it last week. I I will not be surprised when Ben Leeper gets called up. He is another guy that that I'm kind of high on. Like we you you mentioned the four guys that got that that, that pitching on Saturday, four homegrown pitchers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Like I wish you could just put They're the camera under the radar. On me. By the way, just, like Where's I'm telling camera? you that the Cubs farm was, system is full of arms. Like yeah. it's hard to believe. I know because they haven't been able to fully been able to do that in recent history, but they have so many guys coming up, and it's just awesome to get excited about. Like that. Like for me, that's what I'm really the most excited to see this season is yeah. what arms get called, whether it's Killian or whoever. Yeah. Like outside, of even just, yeah, yeah, outside of star pitchers, they have decent relief guys down there as well. Yeah, that I, do, I do think that's a little further into the future. Uh, but if we're talking about like immediately, I think people are wanting like we need right. to address the bullpen I don't, right away. If somebody, mm. if no. they're, it's not going to be a boost to the bullpen and to just be somebody's pitched two days in a row and they might go down to AAA, pull yeah. somebody up and kind of slide guys back and yeah. forth a little bit. I also, you think Alec Mills is hurt? He'll, right. he, mean, but his retroactive to the fourth. So what is that? I'm trying to do the math, the fourteenth. He'll be back 
or he'd be back uh, in a couple of days. Yeah, I don't think that he'll have to go down. I mean, we didn't ask Ross, but I don't think he'll have to go down for a minor league assignment. Yeah. So he'll be, you know, back in a, in a few days. Alec Mills will be back. Um, you have guys in AAA that sign, you know, those non-roster invites, like the Steven Brault, the Robert Gesellman, um, guys that, you know, in a pinch will get brought up and see what they can right. do. Eventually, Bradwick will be back. Eventually, um, Edward Ozzelai will be back. Um, oh, yes. I hope, you know, hopefully, he has his Twitter back by then as well. <laughs> if, if, if you get a DM from Ozzelai's old Twitter account, please do not click that link. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but those guys will be back eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, in, in, you know, in the near future, it's just it's not the time where Jed and Ross and Tommy Hottaby and they have that conversation, we need new guys in the bullpen. Like, it's, yeah. it's April – 11 they played three games you know they're not that's not that's not gonna happen all right let's go super fan rachel rachel has two questions any yeah she's super friend (laughs) uh any thoughts about madrigal's position in the lineup i don't like him at two and what did you think of rossi's bullpen management the bullpen management i thought was fine uh i heard brendan mention that he wasn't thrilled with where he brought in norris Mm -hmm. um but i I didn't really have a problem with it early in the season in hindsight when i was you know, after I looked at the series yesterday, I was like, I bet if Alec Mills was healthy, I feel like he would have been the guy who came in for Justin Steele yesterday or on Saturday because it would have been a different look because Justin Steele has a lot more higher velocity. You bring in a guy like Mills for two, three innings, just a different look. That's just – obviously we don't know and we'll never know, but that's just my thought. So that would have been a allowed Ross to use Keegan Thompson – uh, on Sunday in a much more bigger, like, high leverage, which Keegan Thompson has done plenty of times out of the bullpen. I don't know. That's that's just my two cents. I don't. That's my theory. Sure. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm, I'm, if you have thoughts, let me know, Ryan. <laughs> sure. uh, but, yeah, I mean, as far as the bullpen management, I thought it was fine. Um, I, You know, it's interesting how he's going about with Wick, Givens, and, and Robertson. Uh but it's going to be a, a process, and like I said last week, I, I think by the end of April, we'll have a good idea of what this bullpen will be. Just got to let it play out, and there's going to be some highs and some lows on it. But, again, that is the one thing that I'm confident in the Cubs being okay with. Were you cool with Madrigal? That, that didn't bother me either. I, I think he's trying, you know, all three games he went Ortega, Madrigal. Now, it wouldn't, yeah. Yeah. wouldn't have been that way. I think Madrigal on was Friday, still in the uh, it was going to be rained out, wasn't it? Well, if it was rained out, it wasn't going to be Ortega leading off. It was, was Frazier, it? but I think Madrigal yeah. was still second in that. Yeah. What did he go over Right, but I mean, the one-two combo was still I know the he same. only had like a few hits. He's one for 11. Yeah. Uh, one walk on Thursday. Two, only two strikeouts, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the the hitting, you know, the one hit in 11 at-bats, that's, you want to see that improve, but the, you know, I do think he was he worked some some good counts. Yeah. Um and that's again Didn't he walk once or twice? Yeah, he got he not got everybody walk on can ha- I mean, I'm just saying this, not everybody can have a great first three no, games. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, have, he, I think you're taking it the way it, it right. happened. Yeah. I, I think I'm pretty um, happy with honestly, it. Honestly, if like if you're gonna take him out of the two, then you put Horner up in the two and you put Madrigal in the eight or the nine. Yeah. And I understand why people would want to see Nico in the two right now because he's hitting better than Madrigal, but yeah. I mean <laughs> it's also his, his like first true game action, like right. real yeah. high Since intensity game. What like June? May or no, June? Like ten last months. Year? I mean, I think, and, and and these questions are great because you know we just got to the first season or first series, but I also think like you said, like he's not no not everyone's gonna start out of the gate hot. Like that just doesn't happen in baseball. 
that if you, as long as you're seeing right. that plate approach, that consistent contact, and you know not striking out too much, whatever, that's a good sign that you know the things will start to even out. And his 300 hitting, like he can be, might still happen. Um, a good a good rule of thumb after three games is don't get too high or too right. low over what you saw. So you look at however, me, <laughs> however, Cody, I will say if you're going to go too far one direction, you might as well get too excited. Yeah, yeah I, I I I just like to be optimistic. I the team looked way better than what we expected in those first three games. Will they be able to sustain it for 162? I don't know. Probably not. If I had to bet on that, I would probably say no on that. But I think. Again, it's like kind of like what I said at the beginning of the show. Like the offense, watching the offense play was just refreshing with the lack yeah. of strikeouts and just yeah. how they were able to manufacture runs. Yeah, and then just to I guess answer Rachel's, um, I I was one of those guys. I mean, again, I will go back to I think Madrigal should lead off with that you know ability to contact. That was my thought process going in. So him at two, it's not too much different than him leading off. So I I, I still think you give him that opportunity for at least a little I, bit and see what yeah. he can do, and then if you think Nico needs to get moved up? If Ross thinks Nico needs to get moved up later on or things happen. You know, you know, a lot of teams then will you, play, you, like, their best player in the two-hole, though. Like, as far as, like, a, like their five-tool, that's why Chris Bryant was batting second most of that 2016 season. So that's why I've always, like, when we did, like, our opening day lineup projection, I think I had both Madrigal and Horner, like, somewhere. Be, like, I think I had Horner seven, Madrigal nine or something like that. That's why, I like, I kind of like Schwindel getting a shot. Ch- at, in the two hole because I just think he's the I wouldn't say he's the best hitter on the Cubs but like if you can put Hap in three then you get the righty uh you know in the two hole they're both like similar similar players in my opinion but you know I magical in the two hole is fine too just because of what he brings to the table yeah, what, so just that, that if, I, if I had to choose if I were to take magical out of the two I would push Wendell in the second hole just because I just like his approach and what he does and he also offers power not saying that he's the best player on the Cubs, but again, he his Saturday was pretty solid, and you could see mm-hmm. why the potential of what he could bring for the entire year. You yeah. know who I'd like to see next in the lineup? Points bet. Points, Points bet, bet is what I would like to see next in the lineup. Uh, you want to take it? Yeah, sure. Like All right, yeah, yeah. Points bet. I'm going to try to try to match what Cody did earlier. But if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two. Risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out, and in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Grandpa Stucky did it. You can, too. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Ferris wants to know what happened to the Geritol read. We don't have that sponsorship yet, Ferris. We're working on it. Uh, we have a little bit more left from our mailbag from the members-only Discord. Um some good questions today, I really think. Uh, C.H. Cubby wants to know, do you guys like this Pitchcom device that teams have been implementing this season? Concerns here are, you know, defense might be able to hear, and that, well, they will be able to hear, and then their positioning could give away to the batter if they move too quickly. Well, that's any, uh, personally, that's for any 
at bat, and it's got has nothing to do with signals. Obviously, you're showing a little bit of your hand when you're positioning. The, the, I wouldn't. The I wouldn't worry about like then. Then don't move too early. That's 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 the answer to that. I think the funnier thing is, I haven't heard this answered yet. I saw the Brewers doing it, and you hear curveball, you know, and then what happens when Jake Arrieta or somebody, obviously he's not on the team, I know, mm-hmm. uh, shakes him off six times. What happens? Does he go back into his hand? No, slider, slider. <laughs> what do they do? Like, yeah. they just shake it off, and then the guy goes back to the button. I really think so. I really <laughs> think so. Like, there's going to be some things worked out. I don't know why the Cubs aren't using it. I know David Ross wasn't yeah. totally into it yet. Uh, but I think he just said that the catchers didn't. Weren't comfortable not, weren't, yet, yeah, right? Weren't comfortable yet. I don't have an issue either which way, if you use it, if you don't. Cause if, if it speeds up the game, I'm all for it. Oh, if it speeds up the game and the, and the catchers and the pitchers don't have, like, a uh, good – like they just don't, like they don't like you know or, or if it speaks of the game and they they don't like have an issue with it as they're doing it sure use it if you right. like the traditional put the sign down whatever that's fine too yeah I I, I don't have a, I don't have a a good I don't have an issue with it I don't have a I don't I don't love it I just I don't I'm you know another issue another potential issue with it is like uh, if it starts breaking up and you're trying to or, or French mm-hmm. fries the signal goes at or it gets too loud, like when the qu- when the quarterbacks can't hear. <laughs> what? If it gets too loud in the stadium, like when the quarterbacks like, can't That's hear. That's right. You don't know. You don't know. You never know. Uh, so we've got uh, Smiley against Quintana. When we get going on Tuesday, try and touch up one of their old teammates. And I'd like to Quintana see Quintana revenge yeah. game. Yeah, uh, Quintana, Quintana revenge, revenge game. game. Yeah, because he, he didn't make it to the Giants series last year, I think – he wasn't in. He wasn't at Wrigley for that Giants series last year when they came. No, nope. he was on that team also. He would have. Was made, he? I thought he. he started, well, he started the year with the Angels. He last got year, traded. Right? Okay. Maybe, maybe I. Remember he had a that. terrible season last year. DFA. Yeah, he got, he got DFA and he got okay. picked up by the Giants. I'm fairly certain. Interesting. All right. I, well. I feel like I remember talking to to Kapler about that and Quintana. Maybe. Okay, I'd have to go back and look at it, but right. I, he would have made his Wrigley return also at yeah. some point last year and wasn't in town. So I'd like to not. see him touch up Quintana and. <laughs> Uh, I think Buick, we all because he's a Buick. You know, yeah, because he's a Buick. Cap says yeah. he's a Buick. Um, by the way, a CH Cubby also was asking about Al's life. He comes back, mm-hmm. and I think we sort of addressed that before the season. We all think like if he needs to be eased into it, then he might come back and do some relief work and kind of be worked in. But I think the general thought is you don't lose a spot in the rotation, and if the Cubs thought he had a spot in the rotation. That's where they would prefer him to be. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's it, it sort of depends on the injury and the recovery and the rehab. So. Uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Uh, you know, if, if he can come back and and be a you know, be able to go right into the rotation, that's great. Uh, that's, that's what they want to find out about. Yeah, him. That's yeah. the first thing they'd like to find out. So you know, if and if not, then he'd be a decent bullpen arm as well. So yeah, no idea. I hope he can go back in the rotation. That's where the Cubs need him most. Nothing less than two against the Pirates. Yeah. So now, when you when you get two out of three against the Brewers, you then go right. ahead and get two against the, the Pirates. Right. I you know as far as Quintana, I was always someone who was like he was serviceable. He did what he was supposed to do. He just didn't like live up to you know number one starter level, which is what the Cubs traded for basically, right. and and trading Eloy and Dylan Cease. Um, but the one thing that you know teams or one thing I always felt like when I watched him was like he's just like nibble 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 around the strike zone so sure I could see him getting with the the way that the Cubs are patient so far this season I could see the Cubs working some walks tomorrow 
manufacture some runs, hop on him early. I don't want to stress tomorrow against a team that's probably only going to win 60 games. Just just win tomorrow. Free game early, too. So, yeah. August 30th, Quintana was claimed off waivers from the Giants. The, the Giants claimed him off waivers. Uh, on September 10th, which was the first day of that Giants series, he was placed on the paternity list, and he didn't get activated until September 13th. So I was completely right. My memory is amazing. He was not in time. He didn't make well his done, Wrigley Ryan. return wow. for that. To be 25 and have a great memory. He did yeah. not make that Wrigley return. Those uh, were the days. As Chris Bryant did it. <laughs> so, uh, good. so good. That's it. This was fun. Our first mailbag. We'll try to do it on yeah. Mondays. Yeah, we're gonna try and do the mailbag. See if we can keep Monday. that consistent. Yeah, yeah. We'll Monday mailbag. It was, I think, successful the first time around. Thank you for dropping in to check out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Don't forget our pregame show is at two thirty on Tuesday. Cubs get ready to take on the Pirates. I'm sorry, the first place Cubs get ready to take on the Pirates. Take care and fly the W.